Merry Christmas. Welcome to this, the final edition of our daily devotions for the year of 2023, coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We'll be taking a break for the holidays and we'll resume our devotions on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that schedule beginning on January the 8th. And we're always happy to have you join us and we hope you'll feel free to share these reflections on God's word and on this great Christmas day with those that you know and love. Let's pause for a moment of prayer. O oh Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, on this Christmas day, it seems appropriate to listen to the great story of Christmas as it comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Hear the word of God. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, be not afraid for, be, for see, I am bringing you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at, at what they had heard. But Mary treasured all these, wor these words and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Our second lesson comes from the first letter of John, the fourth chapter, beginning at the seventh verse. These are familiar words, I suspect, to many of us, and that they are offered uh, during most communion services in the sanctuary. The writer of the letter begins, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. 
Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Long before I came into the world, the McConnell family, including my grandparents and my parents and my own family, had made it a tradition to read those first 20 verses of Luke's second chapter before eating our Christmas breakfast. The table's set, the gifts are all ready to be opened, but before we do any of that, we sit down and we listen to the story. And though we hear it year after year, we never tire of hearing it again. The king of kings, born in the most unexpected of places, outside in a stable without benefit of sterile gloves or trained doctors, no pictures taken, no Facebook posts, no family to celebrate, just two young peasant parents doing their best to bring their child into the world. Such a humble beginning, which I suppose is what makes it such a compelling story. The God of heaven descends to earth the earth of his creation humbles himself to become a defenseless baby so that it could never be said that he doesn't understand our plight. The carol writer asks, why lies he here in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian fear for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. The silent word. Even before the baby can talk, God reveals his love for us with just God's presence, something the shepherds behold and the wise men see. And from there, God just quietly moves into and through our world. And soon the words he speaks and the actions he takes will reveal the love of God which led him to come in the first place. And at every turn, the story just gets better and better and more and more compelling. We've all heard that beautiful piece by James Allen Francis called One Solitary Life. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in still another village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things one usually associates with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 when the tide of public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his ex executioners gambled for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. And when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he is still the central figure of the human race and the leader of humanity's progress. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, all the kings that ever reigned, put together have not affected the life of humans on earth as much as that one solitary life. And this is what we celebrate today. This is the story we can never get enough of. And why? Because we can never get enough of God's love. The world can never get enough of God's love. 
The world can never get enough of our love. John the Apostle puts it so succinctly, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his Son to be the worthy sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. What more could we ever want? What more could the world ever need than that one solitary life, born in a manger and today born in our hearts? Merry Christmas.